Uh, I got a couple for you tonight, and I'm going to share a cool testimony. So um, I saw someone with, who's having some back spasms and pain, and I just felt your back loosening and stress just leaving your back, taking all the pain with it. And I just see that this happens just as fast as you letting out a breath. And then I saw someone with a pending surgery somewhere in your abdomen, and I just feel that you're really nervous. And this whole going back and healing the past thing is really cool. I'm excited about that. So I just took a moment and saw that you never need surgery to begin with, and you've never noticed a problem at all in your abdomen. And then lastly, uh, pictured somebody driving a silver car. and Either it's a new car to you or it's something you need to fix up. And I just saw it running perfectly and you driving with the windows down and the music up, feeling at peace um, and rest about that. So, um, cool testimony for, for a family member of mine um, who has recently gotten a hold of Mike's messages and Joe Dispenza and just can't get enough of all of it, like all of us, right? Um, and I had seen them at a, a, a family event, um, and then it had been like three weeks since I had seen them. And they, since then, were sending me messages like, oh my gosh, this is so great, which book do I read next? Says, I can't get enough of this stuff. Anyway, when I saw him again, he had lost a tremendous amount of weight in a good way. He looked healthy, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this, you're the incredible shrinking man, I called him. And he's like, well, you know those guys that just eat like crap and they're just skinny and it doesn't matter. He's like, yeah, I'm, I decided I was going to be that. And so uh, it's kind of amazing. And, and I saw him again a couple weeks later and he's probably down about 40 pounds in the last like six to eight weeks. And he just looks incredible. And another family member of mine was like, asked his wife or his fiance, what are you feeding him? And she's like, actually just uh, stuff for good mental health. So, um, Amazing. <laughs> Is that cool? That's awesome. Thanks, Ash. That's uh, 40 pounds. He's, he's doing the Mike Popovich diet, right? So sharing on the phone. Chili cheese dogs and a glass of wine. It's wonderful, right? I'm telling you, it works, guys. It works. It just, because I am. If you go, I am. I'm healthy, right? There's a, there's a scripture that says this. It says, um... I am the good shepherd. So the sh- I, your I am, that's what you believe about yourself, is, leads you in and out of pasture. Meaning what you believe about yourself is going to bring you into rest and out of rest, right? And then there's another one that says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You guys know all the, the I am statements in John are really worth going to read again. And just read them and go, I am. We put Jesus in there, but it's not in there. It says, I am. It says, ego, I may. Every time it says, I am. So what I believe about, so think about this. If you are one with God, doesn't it say you're one with God? And it's the glory he's given you is the same glory that he gave the son and the father together because I've given you and I've given you my weightiness, my glory. And so if God said, I am this, wouldn't God be that? Yes. Nothing could stop it. And he's trying to show you, he's like, I am what you believe about yourself and your relationship with God, like Beth was sharing about is the way, the truth, and the life. And anybody who tries to enter into the sheepfold or the pasture any other way is what? A thief. And who is he talking to? He's talking to the religious leaders, actually. And he's saying, you're telling them that in order to lose weight, they must do this. Or I'm just going to use that as an example. Or they must cut down on calories. Or they must not eat this kind of food. Or they must eat heavy proteins. Or all the stuff you've heard. Like, 
Think if you just came on the scene and they, they gave you every diet in the last 50 years. I've been around 50 years. I'm like, the food chain's drastically changed every, every five years. I'm like, you'd be so confused, right? It means they don't know Jack. <laughs> it's like, they don't know what's going on. So I am. So here's the thing. You are healthy if you're healthy. If you go, I'm healthy. Now you're in. If you think you have to find health any other way, they're stealing from you what's naturally yours. Naturally, what's naturally yours is wholeness. What's naturally yours is abundance. What's naturally yours is great relationships. It's joy. It's love. It's everything. And if you need to go get it, if you need to go earn it, or if you need to jump through these hoops or, or do these things or follow this method even, that's a thief because they're taking from you what's already naturally yours just by being. You are a child of God. You, nothing can change it. So you're a joint heir. Isn't that cool? So just know that. Don't put laws on yourself. Just go, I am. And you can decide that. I, I was love it because what you were sharing with me, he was like, screw it. I'm just going to be one of those guys. And that settled it. He made a decision. Literally, that's what he said, right? And so I think most people's brains start going, yeah, but. No, 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 that's a thief. Yeah, but is a thief. I am. Cool. I'll get off that. So I want to share some. Oh, first of all, can we bring up this story, the story, the, the picture of the Volkswagen? Some of you guys were on the fellowship the other night. This is what Inspire is really all about to me. It's not, to, it's not just to give money and cars and pay single mom's bills because we haven't done, we've taken care of an immediate need, but probably a month from now, two months from now, they're in the same boat, right? So it really is tying people in with relationships to you guys so that they can never be in that position again. I don't, I don't not that we wouldn't do one-time deals, but it's really about let's take care of your one-time deal because you have a relationship with us and now we have a good chance of you tying in. So that's exactly what happened here. Some of you guys know on the story, um, Thursday night. So Marie, some of you, you all know Marie, right? She's like, what just, like, what just happened? They bought you a car. She sp- speaks like in this Ghana accent. They bought you a car, can't you see? So Barb goes, she reminds me of everything I love about Africa, actually. Like the, it's just very, just very to the point. And so anyway, she's from Ghana and her friend, her, she gets it, if you, doesn't she? She gets it. So she, she had brought her friend on and uh, was saying, um, she's a mom and her daughter's going to school and trying to work and doesn't have a car. And she was like, hey, when you're on, don't tell them what you don't want. She coached her really well. It's like, don't, Mike doesn't want to hear what you don't want. Tell him what you do have. Like she's coaching him correctly, right? Prayer is not, can I have this stuff? Prayer is, prayer is, see, here's the problem with that. He's given you everything. What's outside of everything? Nothing. Nothing. So you cannot ask God for something if you have everything. So what is prayer? This is why it's so confusing to people. Prayer is, oh, I think I'll choose to have that today. You, you choose what you're going to experience that day. You live in and experience it if it's real. That's God. Isn't that cool? So anyway, it was really fun because she, she goes, you know, she was kind of telling the story about her daughter and they need another car and, and everything else. And so um, in the meantime, I was like, what's your zip code? So I'm on Auto Trader where people can't see it. And she's like, this, 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 this. And then here's the, some really cool parts. So I, Brett, and I can't remember who else it was, were like, I see a red Volkswagen. So I'm going, oh, okay, red Volkswagen, zip code. Da, 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 da. And then we pull it up and we're like, uh, hey, Nana, we just bought your daughter a car. She's like, what? What happened? And that's when, that's when uh, Marie was like, they bought you a car. What part do you not understand? They bought you a car. I told you, right? So it was real time, which was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Some of you guys that were on it. So we bought that car, uh, real time. And then here's what I didn't know. Marie was telling me this afterwards is Nana had it on speaker and her son was in the background and, he, and she's like, mom, 
Remember I said, I want to buy sister a car, a Volkswagen if I had the money. So it was like perfect. Isn't that really cool how the, the imagination of God is just God? So anyway, I uh, appreciate all you guys that chipped in. Any of you guys online, if you want to chip in, they're, they're, we can always use the help, for sure, like to do all this stuff. So you can go to uh, inspire100.org if you want to give monthly, or easy is freedomministries.org. Just hit donate, and you can put any amount in there one time, and then the bottom put VW Bug. So anyway, thank you. That was a lot of fun. This, that's the most fun I have, is just going, watch this. Right? Then you pull it up and they're like, we just bought you this. What do you mean you just bought me this? We just bought you this. You can pray in tongues where we just, it's too late. We just bought it. Right? So anyway, I love this kind of stuff. So thank you. Isn't that fun? A little convertible. So I love that. So that's cool. She'll be hot driving around that little thing. So all right, I want to share some testimonies about, uh, we're going to talk about Rahab and the harlot. <laughs> It's actually beautiful once you get it. But these testimonies, are, you're going to, I want to share these because this is exactly what it is. And so when, Rahab was a spy and a harlot, right? Interestingly, isn't, have you ever wondered, I, I remember, I mean, I've heard every service on it. Like these grace guys even trying to explain it, like still something just doesn't fit in my heart. Like something's not right about what they're trying to share here. Um, and I'm like, oh, I finally got it. I finally got it. So uh, why does he use the harlot so many times in the in scriptures. And then I was like, ah, aha, aha. The spy and the harlot. So somehow Rahab is the heroine of Israel and conquers the Israelites' enemies. Now, what does that mean? So let me just give you a little taste and then I want to share some of these testimonies because a spy and the harlot, when Jesus says, don't be praying out here where everybody can see you, he says, go where? The secret place. A spy does things in public or secret? Ah, it's the message in secret, right? It's the things done in secret that people can't see. And the harlot, what does a harlot do? Does she care which seed of a man she receives? She receives the seed of any man and gives them the desire of their heart. That right there should tell you the whole story of, this, of the secret place, prayer in the secret place, of why the harlot was the heroine and conquered all of the enemies of Israel. Isn't that interesting? So, and it simply is this, guys, is Jericho, and this is where... This is where I realize, like, I think we have to dig into this ourselves to, to, to find this. Um, there's been a lot of people that helped us along the way, but you might remember this. I was just telling Jeff this back there. So, um, not without saying names, we had a theologian PhD in our house, and he was trying to figure out Jericho. And so I was like, well, what does Jericho mean? And we look it up, it's like, oh. And he's like, well, how'd you know that? I go, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a PhD in theology. So it's like... <laughs> common sense stuff to me. Like, what does it mean? Right? Like, let's go figure out what Jericho means and we can probably get to the meaning of it. So that's where I just realized like there's something much deeper. And the ancient writers of scripture, I think were obviously inspired. You can't get this good. Just the, the meaning and the, the hidden messages and how woven, like I was kind of laughing with Jeff. I go, I finally get it. It's like everything comes so easy to me now. It's like, I get it. Because once you get the original, once you get the story, every story is the same. So it's going to be on repeat. Because somebody had asked me the other day on Facebook, what's this story about? I go, I haven't even studied it out, but I can tell you what it is. Because I know if I go, look, this is what it'll say. So every story is the same. It's how to go from the carnal man to the spirit man. How How does the spirit reign over the flesh? And how do we go from the carnal mind to the mind of Christ, the anointed mind that's creative? And the whole thing is that way. We're birthed out of a woman, Moses, 
Moshe, like we're, we're birthed out of a woman. But then what happens? Joshua 1, which we'll talk about, Moses, this idea of you're a slave and a servant limited to this body is over. Yeshua, Yahweh's salvation enters into the land flowing with milk and honey, which is obviously spiritual. It's flowing, right? And we're, we're kind of sharing that uh, on the fellowship the other night. Just think about milk and honey. It's produced in secret inside, but we get to enjoy the pleasures of it outside. Like milk, right? The cow is in there chewing the cud. And, and then uh, the honeybee, you know, there's one queen in there. All kinds of little males trying to get in there. And what does it produce? Honey. Does that make sense? I'll leave the creativity up to you, but it's all the same message. So anyway, it's simply this, is if there appears to be walls around something separating us from Jericho, Jericho is this sweet fragrance and desire of man. It's literally the city of date palms. So a palm tree, like I was showing you guys, a palm tree and a fig tree, where it talks about Bethany and Beth Fig, Beth Page, get together face to face. It's, it's obviously a picture of a male and a female. When you look at the two different trees, it's, it's very vivid imagery. And so it's like when that comes together, something's cast out and creation happens. God happens, right? So if you think about there appears to be something physical, the walls, of the, walls keeping me from my desire, the fig trees within, which, it, which is a city of, fig, or of date trees is what it says, meaning unlimited seeds in there and I get to choose any seed I want to, re, to receive any desire I could ever have in this physical world. But there appears to be something keeping me from it, the walls of Jericho. Does that make sense? So all of these testimonies are simply going, huh, I know who I am. I can simply go within and see life exactly how I want it and feel the emotion. That's why this worship is really about that. It's, getting your, it's preparing you and your heart to be in a place where you can tell it anything and it goes straight into the heart and starts to produce with or without you. It's too late. Seed's in there, right? The shouts of joy at Jericho, when the trumpets blasted how many times? Seven. Seven is the number of completion and rest. So when there's completion, just rest. Because the physical barrier is going to come down. You're going to experience any desire you just planted inside that city of Jericho. You getting it? Now listen to these testimonies. This is pretty cool. So I got this one uh, this week, and it says, um, this is from Caleb. It says, I've been listening to your teaching for the last four months. I have to say, I've had some amazing moments of getting my world turned upside down. <laughs> That's the only problem if you come here. So, I have so much to say, but I'll narrow it, my communication down to this. A while back, after fl- reflecting on Jesus' words, ask me anything in my nature, which is yud heh vav right? What I see, the power of God, yod, or the completed work of God is what I visualize attaches me to what I visualize. That's praying in his name, his nature. So, I started to see my world in a new light. I really started to see things that all things are possible. That was revealed, that I've been living in a narrow crevice my whole life. Once I began to see that I could literally move mountains, I suddenly saw how vast the possibilities of life are. I'm actually a mountain on the top, not a hole in the ground. It's almost scary to know that I can receive anything, big things, and actually get them. So, I started, putting into the, into, I started putting this into practice. Three testimonies. I'll start small. My wife and I needed to move out of our house into a new place. We saw lots of places we didn't like and one we did. We contacted the manager of the house we liked, but they didn't get back to us. During that time, I simply imagined myself being in that house, being in the neighborhood. I saw myself enjoying that neighborhood, but they didn't get back to me. About a month Later, they finally got back to us. We applied, and we, we applied, and we were approved the same day. Easy. Now, 
we moved in and we've been looking for furniture. We love antiques. There was a super nice dresser and mirror that would have been thousands of dollars brand new, but we saw one being sold for $200. We contacted the seller. They said, oh, somebody's already bought it and coming to get it. I took, he puts this emphasis right here. I took five minutes to see it in my bedroom, okay? To enjoy it as if it was already in my bedroom. Then an hour later, I told my wife, okay, call them again. Boom, they sold it to us. It's now in our house. This is so easy, he said. So lastly, isn't this perfect? Like, this is so perfect. Lastly, I love playing piano. This is kind of like I was sharing our piano testimonies last night. We've been thinking of getting a small piano for a house, maybe even an electric keyboard, but I was like, this is such compromise. I want to get a legit piano. Cue the new prayer practice. The last four days, I just imagined myself playing on the grand piano in the evenings, letting the music flow out of me as this, in the spirit as I love to do. So all he did, guys, is he realizes if I see, if I imagine myself with this baby grand in my house and feel myself playing as if it's real, I know it's going to come to pass. Isn't that easy prayer? So easy, a five-year-old can do it. Need a PhD to screw it up, but five-year-olds can do it. So... Uh, then yesterday, I casually scro- scrolled through Facebook Marketplace and I saw a baby grand piano being sold. I told my wife, I'd love to go play it, but she said, we can't afford that. We had a little argument, mildly. <laughs> I told her, look, I believe I can get this piano for free. We ended, up to going, we, go, we ended up going to check it out. It definitely needed some tuning and TLC, but it sounded amazing. Also, it wasn't a baby grand, it was a full grand, six feet long, exactly how I'd imagined it. And while playing it, the guy who owned it said, look, you know what? Just take it for free. You're doing us a favor. We don't want to move it anyway. (laughs) Isn't that hot? And then he had asked a question, which I think this is good for a lot of you guys. He goes, you know, this is so easy. It's like, is it selfish? Let's address this right now. So I answered back. I said, how can you be selfish if you already own everything? All you're doing is enjoying the inheritance he's given you. And the argument was kind of like, well, if I do this, we need money for this. I was like, why don't you just realize you have it all? You have money for everything. And now it's, because, see, here's where, here's where giving and everything gets weird to me in Christianity. You have to give in order to, I, I think it's backwards, actually. I, I've, I've shared this with you guys a lot. I go, I think giving ministry truly done right is selfish. I know that sounds weird, but isn't it a joy when you, when you help somebody and they go, I get it, and their life turns around? It's like, it's so selfish. That's what I told them. It's like, if you're not enjoying it, then you're screwing it up. You're trying to be obedient and a servant, and you're just, it's going to suck. You're not going to enjoy it, right? You're going to burn out and, not alone be a casualty so to me it's enjoyable i just selfishly go about my business and go this is so fun to me so uh it really is realizing that if you own everything and you know the source that you can recreate and receive anything at any time why wouldn't you give there's no pressure it's when you don't when you don't understand that's when you don't give right it's like you don't so I never want to put pressure on people ever. Like, this is a blast to me to buy cars and all this kind of stuff. And so anyway, I want you to realize when you have everything and you realize I can produce this at any time, well, of course, it's like you just enjoy life. Got it? All right. So I thought this would be good too because this kind of fits and I'll save the other one for, last, for next week. Um, there's several others here, but um, all right. So this is from my friend James. I think, uh, when did he call me? Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that? We, he, we caught up. He's got a ton of stuff. Like everything radically changed in his life. But I, for time, I'm only going to share some of the, the, the fun stuff. That's all fun. But 
Um, so uh, he's, he called me, let's see, like January of a year ago. So a year and a half ago, I guess. So about a year and a half. So January of 2020. It appeared everything was falling apart, like everything. So I'll just share it. So he goes, as you know, 2020 was a wild year for us. We lost 100% of our income. And by the way, when we lost this income, we had a full house. My wife, daughter, both boys, their wives, two grandbabies. I had nine mouths to feed. And just imagine, I have no money. And when I say no money, let me be clear. I'm talking about a negative bank account and all credit cards maxed, 100% nothing, $126,000 in IRS debt. Kind of not good, right? Ah, that appears to be a barrier, but I know if I can go into this sweet, fragrant place, I can choose a different seed within. I can go into Jericho, right? Not letting the, the physical barriers keep me from enjoying the, the immense pleasures in Jericho. So it says, this all started back, basically back in March 2020. I started listening and watching you sometime around January. So this is what I did. I started to go within and see how I wanted it to be. Well, you know, 2020 was a great year, sarcastically, right? Nothing going on. I didn't work most of the year. When I finally did start doing some work in October, we were blessed big time. My friend from high school, who I hadn't spoken with for 15 years, amazingly paid, paid me $30,000 and paid off my $126,000 in IRS debt. Not bad. All I did was see it done, right? I received money in the most random ways. I'm getting ready to do my taxes for 2020. I'm going to show over $150,000 in income, and I didn't do anything. Amen, man. Come on, guys. Why not choose that seed, right? Choose that seed. Isn't that a good seed? Anyway, he's got all kinds of cool stuff in here. So he says, uh, I'll just go to the end. He goes, today, Casey and I, his wife, joke around. We play this game. We always look at our checking account and then add $20,000 more. Oh, I'm going to share this other one too because I shared it the other night. It actually fits this. No matter what comes out, within no time we see back over 20000 more than what we saw. It. Guess what? This works. And now what I see is holy moly, holy cow. Look out. We're getting ready to do some cool stuff, change some lives, and live an amazingly awesome freaking life. Thank you for being the man. Isn't that funny? This other one fits too, so I'll share this because this is a same thing. COVID, right? Um, if you go, well, I lost my job, whatever, you're a victim. You're a victim. Would Christ even be concerned about it? No, and you're the same. So check this out. This is pretty cool. So this is Dan. He goes, this is my woohoo testimony. All right? So he asked me not to use the dollar amounts, but you'll get the point. This is pretty good. He said, about a year and a half ago, uh, after listening to you, I, started, I printed off my bank statement, and I multiplied it by 70 times. You can choose any seed. You can choose any seed. I multiplied, I multiplied it by 70 times. Dang it, I should have added a zero too. <laughs> you greedy little turd, you. So uh, you already have it, so why wouldn't you add it? That's my point, right? Over that time period, I would look at my desired amount and I'd written down, I'd pull up my account and I'd feel the amount already there. And he writes, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. I knew not how, and I really didn't care because I was in full gratitude of seeing it happen. Well, I owned a house in Alabama, and it became a rental property in 2008. I had no idea the property values had gone, had gone up so much in the last years. In fact, in the last four months, it, re, it increased in value by 40% in four months. I completely remodeled it, put it on the market after realizing how much it was worth, and I got a generous cash offer. 
The, own, the house turned out spectacular. It's going to be a huge blessing for me and the buyer. It's a total win-win. Here's the kicker. After construction costs were paid, I walked away with 70 times what I had written down plus 3,000 more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We closed on the property yesterday. My money's in my account. This is just the beginning. I see myself now operating at such a high level of success, only working part-time. Thank you, Mike and Barb. This is my favorite part. P.S. I'll be coming through in June or July, and I've purchased my favorite bottle of celebratory Chardonnay to share with you and Barb for happy hour on your patio. So I wrote him back and said, if you don't have that bottle of Chardonnay, I'm not letting you in, bro. So <laughs> isn't that fun stuff? What we're trying to show is the limitless of Jericho. And you've got to be a harlot. The spirit of God is a harlot. Now let's go through this, okay? Because that'll confuse people. What, what did he say, Myrtle? Like, <laughs> right? Oh, if the little Christian woman knew what their Bible said. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, and that's how they wrote. Because they were amazed that they could create life. A man and woman can come into intimacy and create life. How does that happen? And they're going, the same way as when you pray. The same creative ability of God is when we, when we get together in this beautiful marriage bliss, this beautiful union, and there's a shout of joy, it's finished and now rest because it's gonna come to pass. Amen? All right, so Joshua 1, let me, let me read it to you. So it starts out, if you know Joshua, the first, I've shared with you a bunch of times, but the Pentateuch or the law, the, the, five, the, the five first books, Everything's in there, actually, but then the story starts to unfold into going from the flesh man, the, woman, the man born of the flesh, born out of water, of a woman, Moses, into the spirit man born from above, the virgin birth, right? The spiritual birth. So if you go to Joshua, and Joshua is the same word as what in English? Jesus. You know, Jesus isn't a word. You guys know this. Like, when we pray in Jesus' name, it doesn't say J-E-S-U-S. It's a translation from a translation from a translation why we have a total mess today, right? No, it is. It's like, it, the people are like, well, King James wrote it. No, 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 stop. No, <laughs> no, it's not how it works at all, right? So it literally says Yahweh is salvation. It's a contraction. It's not even a proper name. Think about that one, right? It's not even a proper name. Yud heh vav heh is salvation. So it says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass. What's the servant of the Lord? Spirit, right? Isn't it says that's our paraclete, our helper, our servant, right? Lazarus come forth. Lazarus was the, the spirit man that raised us, right? So Moses, the servant of the Lord, came to pass. The Lord spoke unto Yeshua is salvation. The son of noon, son of noon is, noon is 50. I showed you that's Pentecost, as well as uh, Jubilee. So it means this. It says, but noon actually is a, is a, a little fish, like the, the great fish of the deep. It's the seed within the sea. The seed within the deep was noon. So he goes, when you realize who you really are, that there's literally, you, you've been jubileed. You've been restored back to your original worth of who you really are. In the spirit was the son of noon. Yahweh is salvation, the son of noon. He spoke unto Yeshua, the son of noon saying this idea of being a slave or a servant that you're ever limited by this body with what you see this thing's dead put that to death right now therefore arise go over the jordan you and all the people unto the land which i give them 
even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I've given you, <clears throat> I've already, now, we don't, we read it in English, but it means this. So, it doesn't mean you walking around your house yelling like where your soles of your feet go. You guys get this? He, he crossed over into the river Jordan, the land flowing with milk and honey. It's symbolic of the spirit realm. I'm in the spirit now. So if you're, because I see, we were taught all this stuff, like walk around your house and claim it for God, expand the kingdom. <laughs> like now I look at myself, I'm like, so foolish, man. Like my neighbors had to be going, look at these people out there. They're Christians, honey. So, <laughs> right? Aren't they weird? They're the strangest people we've ever met. So they seem to judge us a lot too. Oh, no, no, God is love, but not us. <laughs> it's just like, it's so bad, so bad. Uh, that was just my experience. So if somebody has a better experience, that was my experience. I'm like, I'm done with all that. I'm actually going to love people. That's a, this is a fantastic idea, right? So anyway, if you're going to tread around anywhere, it's where are you dwelling in the spirit? Where are you spending your mental effort? Where are you dwelling, all right? So treading is like... Don't hop around from place to place. Find some place to rest. Dwell there. In your mind, only see what you want to happen in your life. Nothing else, okay? So, and then it says this. I have given you every place. You gotta look at tenses. That's, that's perfect tense in Hebrew, meaning I've already given you everything. So you lack how many things if he's given you everything? Nothing. Prayer is simply going, I have everything, so I think I'll experience this today. That's it. No harder than that. Right? No qualification, nothing. You already have. So prayer is experiencing as if it's real right now, not trying to ask for it. If you're asking for God, you've already missed God. You've already, you're going to be totally frustrated and wonder why your prayer died for a quick. And then they're going to start making stuff up. Well, you didn't Shabbat right. And you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. You need to bind this. You need to get rid of your grandpa was a mason. And just, you get confused, man. It's like, I thought I already had it all. Like, what's going on so it's perfect it's it's perfect tense means it's done deal you you've been given everything that pertains to life in the audience we're literally joint heirs lacking nothing this just hasn't been taught very well so if i have everything how do i how do i do it and all the promises in the new testament is like you've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness every promise is yes and amen in the anointing in christ right you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing See, the, the Hebrews thought it was on the firstborn in physical. No, no, the scriptures say this is the firstborn, the flesh. Every one of us are born out of our mother's womb, right? That's not where the inheritance is. The inheritance is the eternal spirit of Christ in every human being. That's where your inheritance is. And every human being has Christ. You, the incarnation did not happen 2,000 years ago, guys. If it did, we got problems. Because that means all the people that lived before, God wasn't in them. Incarnation happened in the beginning, is what John 1 says. In the beginning, I entered into you flesh and became man. I read it now, I'm like, hello. Like, how confused could I have been? Right? If it happened 2,000 years ago, by definition, didn't it change? Like, he treated us differently before or after? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but something happened 2,000 years ago. Bunk! In the beginning, he incarnated in you. From the beginning, you were in intimacy with God. He fell to the earth, this human cross of mankind, and incarnated himself in you. And guess what? We're on a journey back to the end. He tells us the beginning from the end. You started in perfection. Guess what? You're going to end in perfection, a left off. And on the journey, this law is going to apply. Seed time and harvest shall not fail. 
What you do within, you're learning to become like God, even though that's who you already are, but you're experiencing it. You're becoming like me. Because once you've experienced everything God has, now you can go back to oneness. Now you can be like me, and you realize, I've expanded myself. God's life is ever-expanding. So he has the eternal body of Christ is Christ, the heavenly body, right? So everyone us go back to oneness and we're building him. He was the first, he was the, the building block. And all of us are in the spirit. And this great cloud of witnesses is cheering us all along. It's like, come on, it's easier than you think. It's actually quite easy. Become a little kid again. Believe stuff. What do I have to believe? I can simply see it and I know it's coming to pass. How, that's easy, isn't it? Anyway, so you guys getting this? All right, so everything's been given to you. Now where it says soul, the sole of your foot in Hebrew is the word cough. And I've actually taught a service on the mystery of the cough. So cough is actually the shape of a, a cupped hand. It's a Hebrew letter, but also it's a picture of the palm of a hand. And to the Hebrews, they said, this molds and shapes creation like a potter. You know, like Yatsar. So this is how we shape and mold physical things. But spiritually, cough is this. It's the Latin power or the hidden power of the spirit within man, Christ in you. That you can take anything that you see in your imagination, anything in the spirit realm, and that is cough. It takes it from any potential, any seed you want to experience, and molds and shapes it into the physical realm. So it says anywhere you go, wherever you tread in the physical or in the spiritual, hey, you know what? I think I want a baby grand piano. Or I want a grand piano. Sees a, he sees an ad, baby grand he gets there and like, no, no, that's not the seed I planted. It was actually a six-foot grand. And I see myself getting it for free. That's a choice. You could choose that. We can't afford it. Who said? That means you don't believe you have been given everything. That means you're walking by the flesh. You, you're still, you're still, you're, I won't even give you that imagery. You're supposed to be the head, not a tail. Rise up in your imagination is what it's all about. Does that make sense? Raise up your level of thought. Don't be the tail. Be the... Getting it? The imagery? It's everywhere. So, all right. So here's what I wrote. It says, when we put this all together, where it says, Every, I've given you everything that already pertains to life and godliness. Wherever you're, the cough... Wherever you dwell in the spirit, wherever you see yourself living, walking, feeling, he saw himself with his grand piano every night just playing and he could feel the, the, the beautiful music in his own house and it came to be. So wherever I dwell in the, in the spirit realm, molds and shapes, it takes that potential just like a seed in the spirit and molds and shapes it and brings it into our physical life. He goes, that's how it works. The idea that you have to be a servant and you're a slave and you're limited in any kind of creative ability is over. Moses is dead Enter into the land flowing with milk and honey, Yeshua. yud vav what I do within, attaches myself to what I do within. That saves you. That's yad heh vav Enter Yeshua, all right? So, you guys got that? So I just wrote this. Is everything's already yours. So design something grand tonight before you go to bed. Like, beautiful. Like, the most amazing thing you could do, and then multiply it. That's where it's like, I multiplied it by 70, I should have added a zero. I should have done 700. And then you're still limiting yourself. Isn't that wild? You can really add whatever you want, so why wouldn't you add a lot, right? And then invite me. <laughs> so I was telling people, like, you little turd, if you're not going to take me, then I'm going to stop teaching you this. So, 
<laughs> Where we walk within or what we dwell upon it is the creative power of Christ. Christ in you, the weightiness of glory that molds and shapes everything. Just like gravity sucks things into it, your weightiness is what it says. Your kavot, which starts with a cough, what I do in the spirit, it's like, like the sun, like we see in all nature speaks of us, everything revolves around the sun, right? It's got so much weight that it draws everything to it. Go, that's the kavot of God in you. It literally attracts anything you want to you. Pretty cool, isn't it? So later we're told in Joshua that he's kind of nervous because he, he sees this. He's, God tells him, it's like, hey, Joshua, this is going to be easy from now on. Here's simply what you need to do. Whatever you see is going to become. None of this, don't eat, don't touch, all the rules of the law, right? You must do it like this. He goes, no, that's a thief. You naturally owned it all. You didn't have to earn anything. You cannot, ant- most Christians I know are still John the Baptist, are they not? They're trying to be good enough to be a Christian to receive anything. John's got one foot in, one foot out, trying to be this. I don't eat, I don't drink, whatever. I do all of it and enjoy. John, it says this. This is really interesting. You want a really head scratcher? <laughs> Woo! We're going into the deep, Myrtle. <laughs> Yeah. Who is Jesus' physical mother? Come on. Mary. When you look up Mary, it says a son of Judas. Mary? Or the mother of Jude, a son of Judas. Now here's what it says. Matthew eleven eleven. Go look this up. There's some other scriptures that'll really start bending your mind here a little bit. It says this. Of any man born of a female womb, there's no one greater than John the Baptist. But he is the least in the kingdom. Uh-oh. I'll leave it be. Got to think about this one, don't you? <clears throat> All right, let's carry on. So, Joshua... We know the story, right? Somehow Rahab, a harlot and a spy, becomes the, the heroine of this deal. How in the world is the Spirit of God a harlot? How is the Spirit of God? I've already given you the answer if you really can get creative with it. But see, here's what they see. So they've already told, like, don't look at the physical. Don't look at the physical walls of Jericho. Just look at the sweet fragrance and the, the city of dates. You get to choose any seed you want and you'll get it. That's what he's telling them. Well, what are they doing? They're looking at the physical walls around Jericho, aren't they? And then then the harlot, Rahab, who's the heroine in this whole thing, says this. Rahab, here's what we want you to do. We want you to go into the very heart of the city and go into the upper room and stay there. Do not go from house to house. You dwell there. And if you do, you will be sozoed. You will be saved. All the physical reality of anything you thought was blocking you from the pleasures, the fragrances of the dates will literally collapse. And all that's going to be left is Rahab and what she did in the spirit. Now get it. What does a spy do? I already told you. A spy, what you do in the secret place. Nobody can tell. A spy goes in secret. This is Jesus. He's telling them to pray. Go into the secret place of the Most High. What you do in there, the whole world will see. And nothing, there's not anything in the physical world or physical creation, there's no, no government, there's no rule, there's no law, there's nothing that can stop it from, to pass because this is the very kavot and weightiness of God. That's the spy. The harlot, 
which is the spirit of God. So you got to get this. Rahab, and this is what we were trying to tell the PhD theologians, like, no, 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 you got to look at the names of Rahab and Jericho. You're not going to get this if trying to go, well, you know, the origin said this. I'm like, origin's wrong. Like, he didn't write it. He interpreted it 300 years later, right? Not that they didn't say some really great things, but they're missing the point of all this. Rahab, Rahab. Anybody know what the Hebrew word ruach is? Breath, spirit. In the beginning, he ruached and created. Amen? Ruach, ab. What's ab? A left bet. Father, daddy. What you do in there, the spirit is the creator, the father. Rahab is the spirit of God that creates. And it creates in secret, and it's a harlot. You can plant any seed in there, and she will give you whatever desire you want. She doesn't really care. She is the submissive woman of man. That You want that desire? Coming up. You're getting it. And it says this. I can choose any desire I want. You know what? I'm tired of being broke. I'm going to multiply what I see in my, my bank account by 70. Dang it. Once I got a hold of this, now I'm going to add a zero to it. Because it, it would have produced anything. The harlot was like, 70, 700, minus 70, I'll produce it. So don't dabble around with the minus 70 stuff. Because it'll produce. It's a harlot. It does anything. It literally is the Spirit of God will produce anything, good or bad. It doesn't care. It gives you whatever you want, the submissiveness of woman. You get to choose the seed. I get to choose the date palm inside the wall. But here's what's really cool. If I don't jump around house to house, and I keep my mind focused on the pleasure of it, all the physical things that seem to limit me from my desire are going to literally fall down. When the trumpet is blasted seven times, it says the walls fell down and they just rested. And all that they looked around is like Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. Where's everybody? It's just me and you. This is what you created. All that was left was Rahab and what she created, what she did in secret. Isn't that cool? You guys getting the message of that? It's so good. Now I'm like, oh, the harlot's actually good in here. <laughs> the harlot's good. Judas is good. What? All right, so let me just make sure I got this. I think I covered everything I wanted. Does, this, does that make sense to you? It's, it's no harder than that. So every story is the same. Like tomorrow night, I'll go, if some of you guys want to go to uh, the fellowship, six, six o'clock mountain, eight o'clock eastern, it's freedomministries.live, password's freedom. I'll go through into the more steamy scriptures if you want. And they're all good. They're all, here's how simple it is. It's like, life should be as awesome, lovely, and intimate as intimate pleasure. When you pray, it should be that refreshing, that full of life. Like, when, like when, right when we got done worshiping, everybody's heart's prepared. Like, whatever I tell my heart right there, man, it is Rahab. It is the breath and the spirit of God that produces anything I want with no effort on my own. Isn't that cool? It's very cool. So anyway, uh, Rahab was told to enter the city of dates, the upper room, remain there. Don't jump around house to house. Um, after the trumpet blast and completion rest, the walls fall and she enjoys salvation, right? She enjoys what she did within. Uh, yeah, so I just wrote this. Let's just finish on this. It says, the facts of life seem to be real sometimes, right? Hey, my bank account says this. My, my health says this. Don't look at the physical barriers. Don't look at the walls of Jericho. In fact, if you go read in, in Joshua 6, maybe I'll cover this tomorrow night. In some of the, it actually, it's really, really fascinating. Because it talks about the firstborn will be accursed. 
but it'll be replaced by the secondborn. You know, if anybody who rebuilds this city, it'll, t- it'll take their firstborn. It's actually beautiful when you see it. So it says, don't build up the walls, uh, anything that would keep you from the pleasures of life anymore. Because the first man, the firstborn, the flesh, will be superseded by the spirit man. Stop building walls that aren't there. The walls literally are, they're not even there. They're only there because you believe they're there. The minute you see what your desire is, I want 70 times. Your wish is my command. All that's going to be left is Rahab, the Spirit of God, and you with your 70 times. That's how easy it is. Amen? So hope that helps. God bless you guys.